ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you doing today? So, pretty good. I Last night I had a shower thought. Okay. And Kevin, have you ever ever think, uh, come to the realization that you're Fox Mulder and I'm Dana Scully? And 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 I have a question about that. Uh well, you have breasts. No. Uh what what does, does does this pantsuit make my butt look big? Uh your butt makes your butt look big, Mike. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with the pants. But you know, in, in this shower thought, I had that thought and I re- and I started thinking, it's like I remember like press junkets like when X Files was airing, and I don't remember Jillian Anderson having that heavy of an accent. Yeah. So well, she moved to the UK. So so was she American and moved to the UK? Yes. She was okay. Canadian, wasn't she? Yeah, she was Canadian, Canadian. and moved to the oh. UK. Kind of like Rita Rudner, the stand-up comedian. She moved to the UK and now she sounds like a British comedian. Yeah, no. But okay, so I I yeah. did not I kind of thought something like that cuz but Canadian, huh? Canadian. Well, from Canada. I mean, I guess they don't have much of an accent. They just sound like Americans. Oh, yeah. So, but, but, you know, couldn't have a, uh, someone with an accent being a spook, spook or G man, really. So is spook CIA? Yes. And G man Mm -hmm. is FBI. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also have Mr. David Davis. (laughs) Shower thoughts. To extend this painfully stretched metaphor, just call me the fluke man. Oh, God, the fluke man. Man, that was was the episode where the X-Files really came into its own, where I was like, hell yeah, this show's great. So so if, if I'm Scully and you're Fox, what does that make David? Is he is he like Skinner, Skinner or Skinner. is he or is he the smoking man that is feeding uh, your delusion? I, I don't know. I already of... claimed the fluke man. Okay, you're I the even fluke did the blah, 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 thing. So, okay, um, he's the fluke man. He claimed I, it. I'm a yeah, sewer creature. No... <clears throat> yeah, but that, that that doesn't make sense. I live in what? the sewer. Hey, how's it going? Come on down here, guys. <laughs> it's great. I don't even know what the fluke man was. So. He was the leech dude. Google it. The, Google uh, it tombs. right now. Google Nothing. the fluke man. He was a leech guy with a big round sucker face. Okay, I vaguely remember. I watched a lot of X-Files, but yeah. I don't remember a lot oh, of X-Files. That was the first memorable episode. That was the one where it's like, oh, it's not all aliens, great. I, I am the physical embodiment of all three lone gunmen merged together. <laughs> you are the no. lone. Uh, I, I, I think I, I, I love think those smoking guys. man. Ah, no, because I feed full my of, own he's full of He's full of... Information, but also very cryptic. And also sinister. A little bit. You know, that's starting to make sense. That's true. true. You're the smoking fluke man. (laughs) So, this week, we're going to be talking about alien satellites a bit. And uh, my source for this week is the infamous, oft-spoken of, Biblioteca Pleiades. Just reminds me of Spanish class in high school. <laughs> Angel to some, devil to others. 
It's full of collected writings on the alien conspiracy, and I'll have a link to it in this week's doc if you're interested. Also, check out Wikipedia for more information on our first object that we're going to talk about. But now, now I know enough Spanish to know what Biblioteca is, and I'm crazy enough to know what Pleiades is. But yes, I, I do want to point something out. So the okay. Wikipedia entry for the Pleiades uh, star cluster is incredibly thirsty. I'm just going to quote it right here. <clears throat> yeah, please do. The Pleiades, or the Seven Sisters, is an open star cluster containing hot, young, spectral-type B stars. In your area. (laughs) Yep. Down to fuck. (laughs) Yeah. It's so freaking weird, uh, the whole... uh, That article is just way... randier than I thought it was Yeah, like, the the Seven Sisters, hot, young, spectral types... Oh, uh, yeah. Astronomers have needs too, Kevin. Come on. I know, but also this whole uh I, I don't know, spectral types. Isn't that the kind of people you meet at like the uh holistic bookstore? I was gonna say seven ghost sisters, and now you're getting into some fun territory here. Oh yeah. So <laughs> this week I did a lot of reading about the idea of alien satellites uh that have found their way to Earth and our solar system. Now, it's a fascinating concept, I'll admit, that I have used in my webcomic mailbox rocket ship before, and I love this idea. Uh, the most recent example of something that spurred this sort of uh, conspiracy uh, came in 2017 when Mau <coughs> passed through, and we didn't catch sight of it until it had passed us on its way out of the system. Uh, do you guys remember... Uh, when this was in the news, uh, what, what do you remember about it? Is it isn't that like part of uh, the the bird song? Yep. Yep. See, I barely remember it. I was like knee. No, I'd say probably dick deep in academia because I was finishing up my master's degree. So, right. yeah, I, I, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's cool. And then immediately back to reading four novels a week for classes. So. Right. <laughs> yes, I remember that period where you just kind of vanished. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, umau which is just incredibly <laughs> fun to say. It's a Hawaiian word that basically means uh, first scout. Ooh. Or uh, first traveler from distant land, something along those lines. Um. It's the first verified object to have originated from interstellar space to okay. come into our home system. I don't remember the name, but I do remember that. Yes. It was between 300 and 3,000 feet long because, you know, space and all. Damn, mm-hmm. That's a really big fucking gap. Well, the, the, the more limited your observation window, right. the less mm-hmm. accurate your measurements are. Yes. Yeah, I mean, saying it was somewhere between 300 to 3,000 feet long seems very nonspecific at first, but when you factor in the cosmic math involved, it's amazing how accurate that is. Yeah. Now, uh, originally we thought this thing came from the Vega cluster, but uh, after doing the math, they realized we have no idea where it actually originated. We know various systems it may have passed through on the way here, and they yeah. plotted a course for systems it's going to pass through after it's gone through. But they say that this thing could be over 45 million years old. Oh, I mean, well, you know, it depends on your your 
definition of old. I mean, I, I mean, every all matter is old, obviously. Right. Yeah. But it just depends. I mean, I guess you're talking about in a in its current form, like its current solid, solitary, it, independent yes, state. Yes, because it may have been part of uh, the theory due to just the little bit of observation we've had of it is that it might be a chunk of a planet. Well, yeah. If because it's, of the if shape. It, well, also if it's a actual solid piece. So, it, it's, so they say it's a solid piece. What we're learning through like our observations of a lot of, you know, asteroids in our system that are mm-hmm. part of our system is they're basically rubble piles. Right. They're, they're just like the one we just, uh, the DART mission just impacted. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember well, this, the names of those two. This, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're basically just piles of dirt that have well, through gravity stuck right. together. But this one is well, dart shaped. Well, yeah. I, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, any rubble pile is going to be roughly, you know, potato shaped. Well, yeah, but this is much more yeah, elongated. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm so, saying. Yeah. I'm saying is that if it was a rubble pile, it would be more potato yes. and less, yes. you know, shard like. Mm-hmm. Potatoes of the gods. Potatoes yeah. of the gods. <laughs> So the fun part, and this is where we as a podcast come in, is that people started to scream Rama at the top of their lungs, saying it was a spaceship. Mm. Because the situation bears some resemblance to Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke. And and they're finally getting a movie of that off the ground. Mm -hmm. I have never read the story. Me neither. I read the synopsis, and it sounds really fascinating. Also, kind of. So, it, 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 if they actually get it made and get it done well, it'll be basically on the level of like two thousand and one, mm-hmm. in oh, that yeah, there's no. not a you know defined you know bad guy conflict yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's sort of. it's more of a you know humanistic you know internal struggle type story. They'll find a way to put a, uh, uh no, I hope love they, interest. No, because the, the director involved is supposed to be like a huge fan of the story. So hopefully it can weather, you know, executive meddling. Now, hopefully. see, I was just going to say, this is a further example about how science fiction authors have a re- uh, revocably ruined society. <laughs> just screaming yeah. Rama at a passing rock. Rama! <laughs> <laughs> but the but the synopsis I read it it has giant crab robots and hoverboards. How badass does that sound? Okay, yeah, no, I'm down for that. It's like, uh, yeah, no, I'm down that sounds that, like but... a great PlayStation game. Take your hoverboard, flip over the giant enemy crab, and hit its weak point for oh yeah, damage. it's like uh, it's like uh, Marty McFly and Mario Brothers. But yeah, I mean, I mean, the synopsis of the story is basically you know this this thing you know a, an object that is transiting the solar system is detected. Mm-hmm. And so we send people to it and they have a brief window to check it out. And then and they, they find, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. It turns out to be like, you know, the the alien equivalent of kind of an O'Neill cylinder and that, you know, it's hollow on the inside and all the uh, living space is on the walls of the inside of this, you know, cylindrical right. shaped object. And, you know, they find houses and stuff and like uh machinery and like you know robots but they don't find any living beings yeah and eventually of course they have to leave before you know it leaves the solar system right and after that they don't know anything about it yeah but from everything i've read and looked up about this 
The book Rendezvous with Rama is the only actual proof anyone offers as to why this thing might have been a spaceship and not just a rock. That is, <laughs> I mean, that is it. Yeah, I mean, it's statistically so much more likely to just be a rock. A rock. Yes. I mean, but no, I, I yeah. I was just going to say, basically, it doesn't take a lot to get the human imagination going where space rocks are involved or anything else floating around up there. And believe me, we got a lot of space junk floating around up there. Uh Yeah, I mean, it's it's vast, vast distances of nothing, but it has, you know, crap there, too. Yeah. So, Mike, what do you know about our situation with space litter? Um, well, the space cats really do a number on it. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, so there's really, so there's two kinds of, well, I guess three, I guess you could call it categories of space junk. Mm-hmm. You either have, you know, whole satellites that are dead. Mm-hmm. You have satellites that through either malfunction or... You know, being dead, but then, say, a sovereign nation decides to test anti-satellite missiles with it, have now become, you know, shotgun, shotgun-like shotgun clouds moving at, you know, very fast orbital velocities. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just have, you know, random small stuff that is... <clears throat> screwdrivers that people let go of yeah, on you accident. Know, you know, or, say, uh, a rocket you know, stage separates and little flakes come off because a lot of rockets use uh shape charges or right to uh separate their stages. Well, mm-hmm. So it- and the, all I, that is what scares me most about, like, the idea of space travel, because I've watched a lot of For All Mankind and just, like, f- shit floating in space. Oh. You know, just... <laughs> oh, yeah. Putting a hole through your ship, you know. Oh, there the, the space shuttle... Uh, I forget what flight it was, but one of the space shuttles came back and they had a pretty significant like chip in one of the windows, the front windows of the space shuttle. It turned out it was from a paint fleck of paint. Oh my God. From something else that had hit the window. And it, I, I think, I think if I remember correctly, it only made it about halfway in. So it was not uh, in danger of like losing the window, but still. And in fact, oh this is space shuttles. Off my anxiety. Yeah, the space shuttles flew uh, engines backwards. The engines were f- facing forwards in the orbital track, just for such occasions. So, like the crew compartment was the furthest away. And it still got a chunk of paint. Well, yeah. So Jesus. you know, so most things in orbit go the same way around, which is mm-hmm. just because it's easiest. So if you think of the earth as spinning, I'm trying to remember. So it goes east to west. So the earth, if you're looking at the earth from the North pole, it's basically turning counterclockwise, right? Sure. sure that's not right. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'd I think that is so. Watch, okay. Yeah. So I'd I, I, watch I'm, I'm pretty sure. Again. Yeah. So it's turning no, no, counterclockwise. East to west, wouldn't that be clockwise? If, no. Well, no, if, you if look I'm at looking point straight on the globe, down, if I'm looking straight down at the top of the globe. Yeah, but you're yeah, looking at the be... sun. If you say the sun is the fixed point, if it's going from east to west, it's moving counterclockwise because it's okay. rotating. Oh yeah. No. Okay. No, okay. Okay. He's right. He's right. He's so, right. 
most rockets when they launch, they launch into the uh, the spin of the Earth. So they're launching. Uh, they're launching with that rotation because it basically gives you, you know, whatever the rotation speed of the earth is, it gives you that amount of speed for free because when you're orbiting a body, it doesn't, your absolute velocity around the body is all that matters. So if you launch into the orbit, so if you launch from, uh, west to east, the orbit. yeah, if you launch from west mm. to east, you get some amount of free, uh, Delta V, which is Delta V is just a nerdy term for speed but so most just it's, it's a long way of saying that most satellites are also in that counterclockwise uh orbit right but some things some satellites mostly military do what's called a oh shoot what's that term um i don't know i forget the term <laughs> they do a backwards orbit so they they yeah. orbit the uh, other way around retrograde yeah that's it Thank you, Kevin. Retrograde. You're welcome. Yeah, a retrograde orbit. And there and those are the ones that would be putting, you know, small bits in on a very deadly, you know, because they're moving velocity. against because, yeah, everything they, else because is orbit. They're yes. going so the space the International Space Station, it travels oh crap. I don't remember numbers very well. But it's like tens of thousands of miles an hour relative mm -hmm. to the surface of the earth. Right, right, right. Anything in that orbit, in that exact same orbit, but going the opposite direction, it's going twice that speed. If it, if it impacts. So, yeah. Yes. So if anything in that is in yeah. that orbit going. It's, it's, ba it, it's yeah. not like something just sitting there and getting hit. It's basically two cars heading at each other. Yeah. At, it's, do, doing like. A hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. So, so your closing velocities are just stupid right. fast for that, and that just makes makes it uh very bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now that that's been said, and I, I am glad you brought up the whole orbit thing because that is going to come up a little bit as we go. Um, what do you two uh, know about the Black Knight satellite conspiracy? Um, is, is that the satellite launched by the, uh, guy from Monty Python and the Holy Grail? <laughs> Legless, armless knight shot into space. David? <laughs> well, so this is one of those areas in the conspiracy and weird where I'm like not personally really invested. I just assume there are thousands of secret sinister satellites orbiting the earth and stealing my information. You know, and it's also kind of a mundane topic compared to what we've covered on the show before. Right, right, um, right. I, well, I wouldn't say thousands, but definitely hundreds. There's enough. I mean, so so do you know that one of the largest satellites currently in orbit is a, a signal intelligence satellite launched by uh, the U.S. government? It has, I think it has a dish, a main a parabolic dish that's about the size of a football field. My God, that's as big as your mom. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I got um, him. I mean, it's yeah. huge. I mean, I mean it, it's it's basically, you can think of it as a, you know, umbrella, so it unfolded. Right. No, it I got that you. big when it was launched, but mm -hmm. it's just it will this be very giant, you know, reflecting dish that's meant yeah. to hoover up all electromagnetic signals. You know, and, being broadcast yeah. in whatever its sphere of, you know, looking at is. Right. And, well, and that was that was launched in like the 
eighties or nineties. So who knows what shit we have up there now? Yeah, mm-hmm. stuff that they yeah the 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 secret space missions that they can't talk about. Didn't yeah. SpaceX right. do that dumb thing where they put a car in space? Uh, oh yeah. Yes. Ugh. Um, actually, also speaking of, you know, the Starlink satellites, mm-hmm. uh, there are tons of UFO reports uh, of people saying that, oh, my God, I saw this UFO. And it turns out it's just a string of Starlink satellites. Yeah, the, mm. the Starlink trains, as the uh, satellite watchers call them. Yeah. And people think those are UFOs. So let's actually get down to brass tacks and the uh, the Black Knight. Okay. All right, so our story starts in 1899 in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. Now, Tesla had set up a magnifying transmitter there. I don't know if you guys have seen photos of uh, his magnifying transmitter, but this is a thing mm-hmm. where he's sitting there reading, and there's just electricity shooting everywhere. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a Tesla coil. Well, I mean, a Tesla coil is part of the magnifying transmitter. Uh, This was part of both his studies of radio and his attempts to wirelessly broadcast free energy. And that's that's probably a subject for another day in and of itself. Plus, it would give me a chance to talk about the prestige. Which, yeah, I still need to see that. You've not seen that movie? I can't help it. There's movies coming out all the time. It's got David Bowie playing Nikola Tesla, man. How the hell did I miss this? I don't know. I okay. Well, I'm gonna go back and watch. I saw it, but it's been a long time. Okay. Well, Tesla started getting these repeating signals, and being the meticulous and obsessive guy that he was, he managed to rule out earthbound sources of the signals, and this left only one source: space. The final frontier. God damn it, David. <laughs> So Tesla theorized that these were these repeating signals were the first signs of intelligent life from off planet. And honestly, at the time it was a pretty safe guess. And speaking of guesses, do either of you want to take a stab at what it was he actually uh found? It's probably pulsars or magnetars. I was gonna say pigeons, because homeboy loved pigeons. That's very true. But, uh, Mike, you got it. It was pulsars. This is something that uh, they were discovered, that, you know, spotting uh, via radio and radio telescopes for years until they figured out what the hell a pulsar was. Yeah. So, now, around the same time in Europe, Marconi, inventor of the radio, was getting his transmissions bounced back at him. Now, this is a common phenomenon with radio with a delay of a few seconds. Now, the problem is that Marconi was getting his transmissions bounced back to him at irregular interval intervals between several seconds and hours later. And this is still happening today, and it's known to ham radio operators. And we still don't actually know why. These things are called long delay echoes or LDEs. Hmm. Now, I mean, so a lot of that, at least, you know, the, the really uh, simultaneous uh, reflections are due to atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Conditions. No, that's that's no. <clears throat> in fact, it's in the... fact, it was something that we used a lot before we had uh, satellites to broadcast uh, beyond the visual horizon. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's they how... Bounce, they would bounce a 
radio signals off of the ionosphere, I think it was. Yeah, and that's how shortwave works. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's these long delay echoes that are uh, puzzling. Yeah, and and also kind of reminds me of, so you're asking me about satellites and debris earlier. Do you know what one of the first uh, launches that wasn't really a satellite was? Uh, the U.S. government, I can't remember which branch, but they they deployed thousands or maybe even millions of tiny iron needles into a low earth orbit to uh, try to get a better, what? to try to get a better uh, reflection of. So before they had, that's a terrible idea before they had uh, the, the technology to have a self-contained satellite that would repeat radio signals. They figured, well, if we can make, you know, an orbit of stuff that would just reflect radio signals better, you know, and, and it basically what it was is, you know, the, these little uh, needles basically acted as little antenna. So they, the radio signal would hit the needles and they would absorb the radio signals and quickly, you know, dissipate them. Okay. As little antenna. Okay. Yeah. No, I get you. Here's the question. Uh, Where's the story about the herd of cows that were murdered by thousands of needles raining <laughs> the on? The secret well, government they're, Cenobite they're, project. I think, I oh, think there were like... <laughs> I think they're like only a couple of inches long. They burned up in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah they want you to think that. <laughs> this is like that they might be giant song, The Pencil Rain. Yeah. Where they just <laughs> drop pencils from the sky. But yeah, no, um, no, one of the, before, you know, we actually had telecommunication satellites, one of the thoughts was, was just going to have this giant band of iron needles surrounding the earth. I it's a tennis never, cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been so glad an idea was abandoned before in my fucking life. Now, you're probably wondering, Kevin, yeah. how does this relate to the Black Knight satellite? Yeah, it, how does it? It doesn't. Oh, well. Not so. really. Not until people needed it later. Uh, particularly Marconi and his signal delays and some experiments performed on the LDEs in 1928. Okay, so gentlemen, what do you know about Marconi? Uh, he created radio. Um, that's that's kind of about it. Okay, now something about Marconi we should know, and because we can never have anything nice, is that he was a card-carrying fascist. God of course da- he was. God damn mm-hmm. it! He joined Italy's National Fascist Party in 1923 and was named by Benito Mussolini, Il Duce himself, as a member of the Fascist Grand Council. Motherfucker! (laughs) It's in the fucking name! It's written on the tin! But but did he completely denounce it later, just like uh, Von Braun? Not really. (laughs) Tell us more, David. So, much worse... 2002 documents uncovered by researcher analyst Capristo in Rome revealed Marconi was rejecting Jewish applicants to the Royal Academy of Italy three years before Hitler came to power in Germany and eight years before Mussolini codified anti-Semitism into Italian society. So again, Marconi is a trailblazer. God, motherfuck! So, so at least there was there was some credibility to von Braun, like trying. Not to be a giant shit. Yeah, I mean, but, you, you could uh, tell you could tell von Braun was a opportunist. 
Um, yeah, like, like, I, what? I, don't, I don't have to go and get murdered? Yes, no, I, fuck Hitler. He wasn't a true believer, at least as far as I can tell. I mean, but I've he was... Stuff. He was complicit in the system and was oh, willing yeah, to no, use it, was. which yes. is the biggest yes. problem of it, all. But, but, but I can't... So, yeah, I mean, well, this is a whole other discussion. But I would yeah. just say yeah. I can't completely blame someone I, well, for yeah. covering their own... I, I just wanted to, like, make sure but, that we yeah. all felt really bad about this. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. We're going to feel bad later when but, I get yeah, to the so, dog. So, but Marconi was a true believer even before... Oh, yeah. The, no, yeah. he would. Look, no, he was doing it and then discovered that there was a group. <laughs> so he was like, oh, my favorite pastime. And they do it too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let basically, me be a fascist. It's, it's, yeah. It's basically like if one of us found a masturbation club. <laughs> Wait, Kevin, you did. They, they charge crystals. God, motherfucker. Anyway. Wait, so- that's not what our Discord is? <sighs> no. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's more of like, you know philosophical and emotional masturbation yes oh, okay so this conspiracy uh which yes remember we're talking about a conspiracy here uh is like alila's prom dress of a conspiracy <laughs> it's made up of carpet samples that don't fit together or make sense and it's an ugly ugly picture Tesla and Marconi find themselves thrown in at the beginning to give this thing an air of history it would otherwise lack, and they want those signals and echoes to be more mysterious than they are. So, are our Futurama references beginning to grow too esoteric? Futurama references are never too <laughs> esoteric, goddammit, and we will continue. There will always be a Futurama reference. You know what also would have made a fun metaphor is the costume Homer made for Lisa for the state of Florida. (laughs) Florida, yes. (laughs) Yeah, this is pretty much that. Now, after that, we got to jump ahead to the 1950s and the idea of pre-Sputnik satellites. And uh, Donald Kehoe enters our story at this point. So you're saying he's key to this then? I'm saying he's a Kehoe. Woo! Yeah. And he's a Donald, too. Yeah, he is a Donald. But Donald Kehoe was a Marine Corps naval aviator of some renown and actually worked as a uh, publicist for Charles Lindbergh and various other famous flyers. Okay, now do we know about Charles Lindbergh? (laughs) We're not going to get into that. We all know he was a fucking ardent Nazi. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so... Kehoe wrote an article for Aviation Week in Space Technology uh, that the U.S. government, and this is in 54, by the way, I thought I had that noted here, uh, that the U.S. government had become aware of two orbiting satellites, and at the time, no one had the technology or resources to launch them. And he strongly implied that they, are may, they may have been of extraterrestrial origin. <clears throat> Now, Kehoe would become the leading figure in ufology during this era uh, up to the mid-1960s, and he wrote a lot of books on the subject and advocated the U.S. military and government researching the subject and making all the discoveries public. So, you know, good on him for that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he was also a writer of science fiction and weird fiction, and had a lot of his stuff published in Weird Tales magazine. So, maybe take his stuff with a grain of salt? Look, next thing you're going to tell me is that giant man-eating albino penguins do not live in Antarctica. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I, mean, I, th- I thought they were like albino gorillas. 
No, no, no. That's <laughs> that's in that's in the Amazon in Africa. Oh. Get your the Amazon shit. is not in Africa, sir. And in Africa. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, there and, there are no apes in the New World. It's only monkeys. Do, look, are we gonna get into an argument about the South American ape that there's a picture of where it's uh, being propped up by a stick on a box? <laughs> but then what's Bigfoot? I remember if not that. <laughs> well, what's Bigfoot? Yeah. Uh, we don't know yet. He could be a ghost monkey. <laughs> We're but, still but, working on but that. But he doesn't have a tail, so therefore he's an ape. Okay. Maybe ghost he's very ape. self-conscious about it, and that's why we can't see him, because he's always hiding in shame. Have you ever heard how I lost my tail? <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. He's, so, so, so he's a Saiyan? Yes. <laughs> You're just saying he's a Saiyan. I'm just saying. So three years later... The USSR would launch Sputnik, and a year after that, Sputnik 2 with poor Laika the dog on board. What happened to the dog, Kevin? Do you look after the whole thing with a raccoon last week? I don't want to get into it, so let's just say Laika went to a puppy a f- farm on ups- Mars, a farm upstate with playing and frolicking with other way, space way dogs. upstate. Yeah, way. So, as Leica made her historic trip into orbit, another object was spotted shadowing Sputnik 2. Yeah, that's called the second stage of the rocket, Angus. God damn it. (laughs) During all this, the Pentagon told the press that these were all asteroids that have been roped into Earth orbit, including the one occasionally following the orbiting dog. I'd like to think that if it was a UFO, the aliens on board are seeing this shit and rightfully judging us. Dude, I, yeah, no, given what we know about Laika, I would be going, did they just seriously do that to a dog? What the fuck? <laughs> or maybe maybe they're more of cat beings. Maybe. Oh, like on Star Trek, it's the cat doctor. <laughs> no, I was just that's, saying that's, they, that. Oh, that character's like, great. Dr. Oh, Ta'ana yeah. is great. Yes, Ta'ana's great, but. I, I was just thinking they, they like cats more than dogs. Oh, well, maybe. So, the next appearance of our mystery satellite is in 1960, when the Navy's dark fence radar system spotted a dark object, which I don't know how they knew what color it was, in a polar orbit that may have weighed as much as 15 tons, which was supposed to be beyond what we could get into orbit at the time. And the Pentagon stated this was simply debris from a Discoverer rocket and told everyone to just shut up about alien satellites. (laughs) Now, at this point, people started referring to it as the Black Knight. And I have dug and dug, and I can find no logical reason why, besides some British rockets referred to as Black Knights. Well, see, I looked into it as well, and it turns out the inherent misogyny in the satellite kept it from being a white knight. Oh. Mm. Mm. I, I hear the disappointment in uh, Mike's voice there. Mm. No, it was just mm. more of a. It was more of a. Hmm, than mm. a oh, okay, interesting. Okay. I just want so, Mike to like me. <laughs> Mike does like you, bud. Oh, I, I was not. I was not channeling my Marge Simpson. It was not, a, <laughs> it was not judgmental. Okay, gotcha. Non-judgmental. Hmm. Mm. Then. As if naming it and denying it had a magical effect, the thing just fucking vanished. And it would turn up on and off in different orbits over the years. And not much new info would surface for quite some time. 
So just like Mr. Mit- Mitzel Spitlick, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It, yeah. It's like, it's a black knight. Where to go? <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing is that any weird radar echo was attributed to being the black knight. Well, if there were more to this theory and conspiracy, I would agree with you, but no. Yes. Yes, actually. Let's just go with yes. <laughs> so I'm just going to quote Bibliotheca Pleiades here for the next portion of the history because fuck it. <clears throat> quote, the next intriguing idea came from an eminent Stanford space scientist, Ronald Bracewell, and his theory for how an alien civilization might communicate with Earth. Bracewell proposed such a civilization may send a probe out into the universe looking for planets that it could evolve intelligent life. They would lie dormant in orbit around the planet until the occupants were advanced enough to send radio signals into space, at which point it would send a signal back. Now, this is something we talked about in Weekend Weird, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Probably. We were talking about, like, contact protocols and then the idea of, like, well, what if it was a AI or some mm-hmm. sort of probe. Right. Okay. So, so, so I, I just like the eminent Stanford space scientist. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, they, I, it, it's bibliotech of Pleiades. This is space scientist. This is, this is, is not, not astrophysicist or space science, our astro men. Yes. Or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. No. Space scientist. Space scientist, yes. Means a scientist they launch into space. Or it's just so, a guy who studies volumes. Mm. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, well, that's, I that's made a, a math joke. Of, that's a lot of room to put water in. So, <laughs> the quote continues, Was the object found by Dark Fence a Bracewell probe? Fascinated by the possibility, Scottish science writer and amateur astronomer Duncan Lunan that's a hell of a name, mm-hmm. decided to go back and re-examine the data produced by the LDE experiments in 1928. What Lunin says he found was absolutely astonishing. The Scot had a hunch that the seemingly random delays observed in the echoes from 1928 might be significant. He mapped them on a graph and was staggered to, to discover they formed the pattern of a constellation. Wait, that makes no sense. I- <laughs> I know, Mike, <laughs> what part of just tape together BS did yeah. you miss? No, I'm just saying. Yeah. That, you know. So the constellation, Buddhist, to be exact. That's my favorite constellation. But it was, is it? <laughs> but it wasn't an exact match. Until you account for stellar drift. When you do, it pegs its origin point as Buddhist some 13,000 years ago. Now, do either of you know what happened around 13,000 years ago? Nancy Pelosi's congressional term? Close. Okay. Um, uh, I, I would say, like, I don't know, history shit. <laughs> Very good, Mike. Uh, specifically, the younger Dryas. Well, you gotta moisturize. Yeah, I was gonna well, say, you know, my my ass is pretty dry. If, if, yes. if you have, if you have a dry ass, you know, 
I, I'd rather like, have, should use but to have ass. it at such a young age, that's tragic. I'd rather have dry ass than cream ass. I'm well. just saying. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Now, the thing is, the younger dry ass, we're going to go into this into further detail. That is, like, key to, like, Graham Hancock stuff mm-hmm. these days. And uh, the idea of previous civilizations being wiped out during the younger dry ass. We'll go into that eventually in mm-hmm. a show. Like, we may go back and recover some of uh, Hancock's stuff. But I just wanted to get that out there, that the Younger Dryas, everything seems to have happened around this time in, the, in every theory I find these days. So, not only this, Lunin believes that the delays and various other things like Stonehenge encoded a message from the satellite... And he has deciphered it. Ooh. Uh, Mike, <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Mike, no, I'm not going to say anything. Mike, huh. put your seatbelt on. Uh, uh. Okay, there we go. All right. Here it is, guys. This is our first message from beyond the stars. Wait, is, was that part of the message? No. Or is, is it coming up? No, 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 no. I did. Coming up. Start here. Our home is Epsilon Bootis, which is a double star. We live on the sixth planet of seven. Check that. Sixth of seven, counting outwards from the sun, which is the larger of the two. Our sixth planet has one moon. Our fourth planet has three. Our first and third planets each have one. Our probe is in the orbit of your moon. This updates the position of Arcturus shown on our maps. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was a grunt. I want to, I'm going to let you two talk about this message for a minute because I really want to hear this. Okay. There's so much wrong with that. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I mean, like. Okay, Dave, David, what? All right, my, my first observation, this is technically a Buddhist call. God it is. damn it. You know? Yeah. But um, how to get English out of this? I Yeah, see, that's my thing. That's my first thing. My second thing is the probe is not in orbit of the moon. Yeah, that that's mm-hmm. another uh, incongruity I found. Also, mm-hmm. it sounds like um, a riddle. It, it kind of, yeah, the, it... Another one. Another one is uh, calling their their uh, their star. They orbit a sun, mm-hmm. which you know is. I mean, that's like calling uh, satellites moons. Well, I mean, that's just a translation error on the part yeah. of the person translating. Well, well, no, moons moons are a, a yeah. Lunan sun. Lunan. Uh, mm. But yeah, no. Uh, and and the weird check that six of seven. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. We, there was Lagavulin involved in this translation. <laughs> Ooh, and and I have to wonder what his raw data was. It's, I it's like, man. So there's Stonehenge and fucking like constellation map. And you know, graphs signal, and graph and, and and then just Arcturus thrown in for uh, reasons. So, 
Wow. Yeah. Dude, I just you need to, to like get out more. I wanted to throw that out there because holy crap, that is that is that is uh that is extra right there. Mm-hmm. I mean that that so there, there's this line I think where you know if you're a true believer, you know that, that that's fine. Sure. And you see all this data and uh-huh. drawing you know weird ass conclusions from them is one thing. But this comes down on the other side of just making shit up. You, you got that too, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the all the other stuff like seeing the Marconi and the Tesla stuff. Yeah, I can understand jumping to conclusions yeah, from sure. that. Sure, but this is this this right here that we just covered is the tipping point into stupid for me. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the photo. There's a photo. Oh, yeah. Mike, are you in the dock? Yes. Okay. Uh, If you go down, you'll see the photos. Uh, Let's talk about this photo. There's this photo going around of the damn thing that was taken in 1998 from the Endeavor. The space shuttle? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have it in the dock. Mike, if you will look at the photo, do you see the photo? Yes. Okay. So this is it. The Black Knight. And I'm not going to lie, it's a pretty haunting photo if you haven't seen it. It's just this black mass floating above our home of planet Earth. And it was enough to get me interested in the topic. It really does look like some kind of a craft until you see the other picture. Yeah, see, like I'm looking at it, it looks like someone dropping a Hot Wheels car out of orbit. It does kind of look like somebody dropped a Batmobile Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From uh, from the space station. So I just opened up from the uh, NASA JSC website uh-huh. the, the raw the the biggest version of that photo, and that looks like a trash bag. Um. Yeah. Well, hang on, because there's another photo in the dock. If you will scroll down, uh, scroll down right under. Uh, yeah. All right. You see the other, the other photo? Mm-hmm. That's a tarp. Yeah, let's it looks just, like a pterodactyl. It's, it's so. <laughs> so I, I mean, it I does. Truth. Are yeah. you saying it's an interstellar dinosaur? Yeah, it looks like a pterodactyl. That's all I'm a saying. Bit. I can, I can kind of see that. I don't know. It kind of looks like ET sky surfing to me, but. So so, <laughs> it's so here's here's a tarp. Well, probably it's not a obviously the sheet. Uh, heat shielding tarp that they lost during the mission. They even reported that the thing drifted off of the shuttle. So, yeah, um, there's there's all kinds of bits that can come off of a space mm-hmm. shuttle. Not to mention that their uh, all their uh, orbital maneuvering thrusters right. had yep. uh, debris covers over them uh-huh. that weren't like expelled until the first time they fired the thrusters to okay. keep, you know, during launch and, you know, handling and everything to keep shit, keep mm-hmm. birds from shitting in their, you know, engine cones. Yeah, you know, meanwhile, it could easily if, be one of those. I mean, meanwhile, if I was in orbit, I would be anxious as shit seeing anything fall off my ship <laughs> at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, um... God, I hope we didn't need that. Yeah, well, I sure hope that's not important. It's like, I, I can't remember which spacewalk, but there was one space shuttle spacewalk. I think they were doing a uh, Hubble servicing or something like uh-huh. that, where one of the astronauts like 
dropped a tool. Well, you can't really drop anything. But, but he let a tool go. But they they lost a tool, and they just couldn't they couldn't get it back because well, if once it's, it's out of arm's reach, there's you're fucked. Really, nothing you can do about yeah. it. <clears throat> now, on top of these observations about the two photos, which I had to dig for that second photo. Yeah, because. People that believe in the Black Knight, they don't want you to see that second photo. <laughs> yeah. Where it's a... Where fucking, it has it's obviously a, changed shape completely. And is, and is a tarp. Yeah. <laughs> so, on top of that, actual sightings of the satellite that people have reported over the years? Mike? Yeah. It's orange. It's orange. The Black Knight is fucking orange. The... the, the so it's it's not the Black Knight, it's the Orange New Jerseyan. It's the Orange <laughs> Julius. Well, <laughs> you know what they say, Orange is the new Black. Oh. I should be mad at that, but like, it works. Mm-hmm. I should really be mad at that joke. <laughs> I'm going to let it go, though. I'm going <laughs> to let you have that one. But yes, technically it's the Orange Julius flying around in a polar orbit, which... um. Yeah, that's, it's pretty fucking, uh, yeah. Mike, how difficult is a polar orbit real quick? So it's like I was saying before, you, you lose that extra speed boost uh-huh. you get from, uh, going with the orbit of the earth, yeah. but also because of where, you know, because you don't want to drop stages of your rocket onto populated okay. areas. Okay. But if only it's coming few- from. Outside of the Earth. Oh, well, then it's no. If okay, so if you're coming from, you know, interstellar, Booties. it's not. It's not any different than any other orbit because you still right. have to scrub yeah. the same amount of velocity off. Right, right, right. So but you, that, like, if you're coming from space, it's easier to get into a polar orbit than no. if you were to launch. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, no, um, depends. <laughs> so it's all about your speed, um, orbit. So any orbit around a fixed orbit around the Earth. You have to be going a certain speed, right? Um, or you the and orbit decays launching, and you crash. Yeah. Well, or you're just in a different orbit. So, an orbit and you, the speed you're going are synonymous. So, if you're going, you know, x miles or you know kilometers per second or whatever, you're at that orbit. You, because the you faster speed up, you go, the more escape velocity you well, have. And the, the faster you go, larger. yeah, yeah. As, the, as you go faster and faster, mm-hmm. your orbit increases yeah. in its period. You know, you're basically the the circle around the body gets bigger. Needs a tampon. So, so if you're coming in, it just depends on your speed when you're coming into the system. You have to bleed off most of that speed. Okay. And to so, to become to get into that orbit. Now, now let me ask you: If it's a magic alien satellite oh, that can well, change its orbit all the goddamn time? Look, look, if we're we're talking about you know an alien thing, it's fucking Star Trek, right? Yeah, I mean, it can do anything. I mean, I, in th- in theory, I always wondered about Star Trek why they bothered even getting into orbits because couldn't they just fucking hover over something if they really wanted to? Uh, yep, pretty much. I mean, the only advantage in that case you'd have of an orbit is you don't have to station keep. You don't have to right. burn energy. You just get into the orbit and you can be like, okay, you know, we don't have to worry about what we're doing. We're just, you know, parked. Basically. Right. It's, it's the orbital equivalent of parking. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I mean, standard orbit, Mr. LaForge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you have infinite energy, you know, it doesn't matter. An orbit, any orbit is exactly the same. Right. So... Honestly, 
even Bibliotheca Pleiades manages to talk itself into this being a series of unconnected incidents linked together in the most haphazard of manners. Mike, I hate to say it, but the believers did your job for you. Damn it. <laughs> as much as I love the idea and concept for this from a storytelling point of view, and as much as I'd love for this story to be true, the orbit on this one has decayed and it's crashed and burned. Ooh, well done. Thank you. So, you know, I think it's pretty conclusive that this is just some space debris. Also, uh-huh. as a conspiracy topic, I just find this to be not woo-woo enough to intrigue me. Sure. Unfortunately, what we have here are two very different topics that conspiracy brains have mashed together, like peanut butter or chocolate, but <laughs> but not as good. So maybe it's, like peanut butter and Tide Pods. Or like, <laughs> I was going to say NyQuil and peanuts, but sure. <laughs> uh, with that said, it doesn't get to the issue of what necessarily Nikola Tesla, Guglielmo Marconi, and Jorgen Halls, who was someone we uh, you should also look up regarding this topic as Jorgen Halls, uh, experienced in the early the days. Jorgen. Yeah, Jorgen Halls, yes. Um, yes. You know, the, what the, the, like the radio things that they experienced in the early days of radio signals, really interesting topic in and of itself. So, right, right, right. I, I find the connections between early radio and this orbiting object conspiracy to be incredibly forced. Yes. And it does a disservice to the more interesting individual elements of the strange radio transmission. But even those can be potentially explained by the fact that radio was pretty fucking new and nobody knew how this shit quite worked. Quite. And even today, though, with the delayed uh, echoes, it is mm-hmm. still not entirely solved. We mm-hmm. don't know why that you know the non-standard delays happen. But you no, know, it really is kind of a. I'll be honest; it's kind of a shit conspiracy theory. And I dove into this hoping mm-hmm. it'd be better, but even Bibliotheca Pleiades was like, no, no. Like no. this, this is the conspiratorial embodiment of that poorly photoshopped star with you tried on it. Yes, <laughs> this is like really. Um, these are these are the guys that uh, talk about the thirteen alien races and uh, xenopolitics and shit, and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's a tarp. <laughs> I mean, and and so something else we haven't really brought up is that. Not only did they were they pioneering like you know radio, basically the the uh, exploring of the radio domain. They're also their equipment was garbage by today's standards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't. I think they had they might have had vacuum tubes, or they were starting to you know right use vacuum tubes. But uh, even then, you know a bit of something just like, you know, hooked up wrong, some noise in the system mm-hmm. just could throw off all of their, all right. you know, data. Because they didn't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's all trial and error. The only difference being, uh, Tesla was like, like I said in the in the outline, Tesla was meticulous in his well, science. Well, it's meticulous, but there's also, you know. he what, it, Here's the thing. Never mind. I was just going to say he uh, he got some of it figured out. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I mean, I think Tesla did good things, but I also think he's way, way overblown. I kind of agree. In his uh, place in history. Yeah, and in his genius, like acumen, acumen. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he had some good ideas, but he also had some mm-hmm. terrible ideas. Terrible yeah, business I, sense too. Oh that, God, oh, that, yes, that um, was pretty awful. But uh, but I mean, a lot of what he did, you know, he's got a reputation these days because everybody hates uh, Edison so much. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just easy to latch onto him, and like the well, myths of what he's done has grown. Yeah, no, no, Tesla and Westinghouse were definitely the better... The unsung heroes, as it were. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Edison just had, you know, better PR. Well, and we can assassinate Nikola Tesla's character later. He wasn't, like, a fascist, too, was he? No, no, but, like, you know, just we're going to have to do episodes on some of his... uh, Like, I think the wireless energy thing mm-hmm. would be a fascinating episode to do. Oh, yeah, because we can link that straight to Tunguska. Yeah, I think Mike should handle that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make him Mike, do some you, work for a change. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's what we got for the uh, for that one. So, in summary, uh, you, you, you did my job for me and I could have just went to sleep. Uh, no, we needed you here for reaction. Have you ever yep. heard of a wet fart before? <laughs> yeah. That's what this episode was, I'm, is a wet fart. I'm 45. It, like, happens daily, just about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if a fart isn't wet, there's something wrong. Look, I was going to say, uh, at this age, every fart has the potential to be an Look, emergency. I, I haven't I haven't known the dry ass since I was younger. <laughs> I was born into the wet ass. <laughs> you got it. Younger dry ass. Yes, no, I got it. Yeah. I thought I thought you'd like that more. I no. No, I didn't <laughs> like it before and I don't like it now. So, David, have you got any X for us? Yeah, why not? I have a fun one. Oh good. Okay, so this is a thread on X, so be prepared for a little misogyny. Oh boy. Okay. Just That's a little. Just a scotch. Uh, okay, so the topic is just a simple two question. Uh, or a, a two-line post. Can I use magic, with a K, to get a girlfriend? I'm lonely. Magic. 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 To get a girlfriend. I'm lonely. Okay. So the first reply in the thread is, there are some decisions you don't want to have been made for you. This is one of them. Yes. And then the person responds, what do you mean? And then, um, let's see, let me pull up. Uh, so then the person who, who warns him says, my friend and I shit talked this chick into existence for a mutual friend and ignoring that there's a real person attached to that with some potential monkey paw outcomes. It's not like either of them had a free choice in the matter. If such a thing exists, long story short, not the best idea, even when it works out about as well as it could in the end too long. Didn't read. It's like letting your mom pick out your clothes. Um. So apparently they they used they, magic they, to spontaneously create a woman. So you're telling me they made a sex talpa. So so this it, was the uh the, the script for weird science. Like it it isn't even Holy really like shit. It's not even really like you're a right. sex talpa because they're not even talking about like the sex component. It's just like they created a a, like a mediocre a relationship. Was, was, it, she, was she wearing just, a little crop top and you know gym shorts? You are. Reminding me of my puberty. 
I'm describing weird science here. Yes. But I need to watch that movie again. My problem with what we're talking about here is uh, just reminding me that, you know, sometimes white kids just have so much time on their hands, they'll just tell you some bullshit <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we created an imaginary girl that came to life. Oh, well, I've got more for you, gentlemen. Oh, no. So here's another person responding to the initial post. I asked the son to send me a woman if I it thought I was ready. Met what? a girl. Synchronicities off the chart. Seemed perfect. Still blew it. I'm just going to be lone wizard street artist for now. Keep shit simple. <laughs> wow, that's sad. A person goes, uh, ask the son. That works. And then, um, okay, here's the reply. So this is a nice lengthy reply from the son summoner here. Yeah, okay. Also, when the dude said, oh, you can ask the son, that'll work. Apparently not. Well, uh, apparently it... it may have i don't know here here we go here we go okay yeah yeah so, you, so you here's a, here's a story yeah i have a very large granite in the ground at the park i go to and then it, you know the green text sort of like arrow to show like this is a line yes yes stood on the stone one of the largest single pieces on the planet drew a uh, circle with a piece of wood from nearby stood in uh, the circle dropped to my knees converse with the sun don't bullshit just say how you feel all right. He continues. It is yeah, a park wilderness that I was very familiar with and it familiar with me. I keep it clean and talk with the trees, etc., etc. Green text now continues. Days later, I am walking by the same place, sitting on a rock near the circle. Cute girl. Walk by, say hi. Brambles literally grab me and I pass uh, as I pass and catch my clothes. Tells me. She say a blue snake up a trail, which one show me, smoke weed, date, go our separate ways, regret but growth. I might ask again soon, but I feel like I have, I may have to prove myself for a while just to see if I need more self-work. Wow. Amazing story. That made story. my butthole itch. <laughs> that, um, amazing story. Yeah. That, wow. Just. <laughs> what? Okay, here's another great reply. Personally, I have tried my own brand of this. While, yes, it was successful and shows potential, you are better off just picking up artist, uh, reading pick-up artist material first, oh, save oh. the magic for later. Once you have a firm oh, grasp yeah. on the game, then you're ready to go deeper. Ooh, uh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> You'd be cute if it wasn't for your nose. Man, fuck that shit. Oh, God. this is amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, do you want flirting advice from a 4 channer? Do I ever? No, okay. but go ahead. It should be entertaining. <laughs> hey, I like how, uh, speaking of real quick, none of us have brought up the whole pissing in a jug thing from Alex Chu because no one wanted to watch that video. <laughs> oh, well, I God. thought we were saving that. Uh, I, I think we'll save that for our next um, Week in Weird because we're going to have okay. a guest on for that one. Yeah, I just... Oh, God. Okay, let's let's move on. <laughs> okay, what else? so so here's some here's some dating advice from a four chainer. Oh, thank so, God. So learn to flirt. The best way to learn to flirt is act playfully and try to make other people laugh or crack a smile. Do it all the time. Do it with men and old ladies. Then when you are doing it with a girl that's actually attractive, you just add a more sexual component to it. 
Change your frame of looking at the world instead of wanting to be cool or caring about what people think. Try to be like Chad. Chad is bored. Going to the grocery store bores Chad to tears. So he fucks around with everyone around him because that's more entertaining than walking around grabbing food. You can emulate this yourself pretty easily unless you have real autism. If you do have real (laughs) autism, focus on making a lot of money or something because I don't think you could ever really get good game. What? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we're done with this. That's terrible. That's I'm just glad I was fucking... able to give you something. <laughs> oh my god, that was terrible. It is okay. the most horrible thing. It's hilarious. Yeah. Alright, well we got some questions. <laughs> If you would like to ask us questions, hit us up on Twitter at SupernatPod, and we will answer your questions on the show. You can also head over to our Discord via the link at SupernatPod.rocks, or you can send us a message via our contact form on the same website. So, first question is from Kickassatron. This is an interesting one, and we'll get all of our opinions. Is Mothman a modern version of a banshee given their history of being omens of death? Hmm. Mike? I don't know. I mean, sure, why not? Because they both don't <laughs> exist. God damn it. Well, and I, I, I'm i going to take a crack at this because this... Uh, if you want to understand what the, my thought process is, go back and listen to our episode, the, That's the Fae It Is. Right. Because the idea is that, like, the Fae represent, um, they, they take on forms based on what's going on in society and everything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, the idea of a Banshee maybe being, like, a antiquated older form of what is the modern-day Mothman makes a lot of sense in that regard. Yeah. I mean, it essentially fills the same role. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's essentially the same spirit with a different uh, mask. Mm-hmm. Is a general they, idea. They put a different skin on it. Yes, exactly. Uh, but, but it still we, does the uh, floss, like in Fortnite. In, in the doom that is our world, we have installed the Mothman mod. <laughs> now, see, I was going for a Fortnite reference for the kids. You know? Yeah, I'm going for the older audience. Yeah, well, that seems sus. Yeah, well, fuck your sus. <laughs> so, uh... And it's sussy? Yeah, God Well, damn. no, there, no. there's... Okay, <laughs> do we need to get into the etymology of the word sus? I would rather we didn't. Okay. I know what it is. And sussy is in the context of sussy jack. Uh, what? It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. No, no, no. I, I was just going for like you know mussy, the the mussy sussy. Yeah. Fucking, um, it's sussy. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> pretend this part of the conversation didn't happen. <laughs> so, question from Ghostforge this week. This is this is one we mentioned the uh, the charging of crystals earlier. Mm-hmm. If Oregon Energy was both detectable and a power source, would people crank it more or less on average? Also, did you know that there's a mecha anime where the aliens are killing people for their Oregon Energy? Okay. Okay. On the second one, I have to figure out which one that is. Uh, I, don't I, I was gonna. I was gonna say, is that Evangelion? Because I know I've no. consumed some no. Orgon energy to uh, some of the the pictures. Um, but 
<laughs> the first one, uh, hmm. I mean, so if one, I think people would want to crank it more, but then big oil would be, you know, trying to shut us down. So they'd be putting saltpeter and everything. Like what's the exchange rate? That's the question. Well, like how, how much power yeah. do you get from, and like, is well, it the assuming, process of, is well, it it's the enough process to make or? a crystal so glow? Let, let's say, let's say if you did a, did your normal cranking it session, right. You could charge your phone. Um, for how long? Like full like, charge? Like full charge yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of power. Yeah, I know. That would that's change everything. So, I mean, like if that was a thing, I yeah. Hey, I gotta charge it, my phone. Give me a couple minutes. Although, although I'd BRB have to say, charging my phone, I'd have to say it's not exactly clean energy at that point. Ah, it's sticky energy. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, by the way, uh, according to Ghost Forge, that anime is called Captain Earth. I've never heard, heard of it. Of that I haven't. I have, but I'm gonna have to watch it now. List. Might have to give that a shot. But now, in the context of the anime, is the Orgon energy like the same thing, or are they like mistakenly referring to Orgon no energy idea. as something else? Like, are these aliens literally killing people for their their goop? Because if on? so, it's probably, it's they need to do the, it like the Greys do, because that's how they get it. It's probably just the MacGuffin. Okay, I'm sure. I'm probably. sure cranking it doesn't enter into it. I I agree though that I think people would crank it more, but then Shell would be you know totally against it, make trying to make it illegal. Oh Give, yeah, gives no, new meaning to the term Jiffy Lube. Oh uh, my God, yeah. God, that means that means like KY and Astroglide would become like you know the new currency. Yeah, or or just like you know. Oh my God, uh, have you seen those uh, hospital masturbator machines? Um, where it literally just looks like a flashlight attached to a giant I machine. Despise. It would those. be like a fucking gas station. You go there, plug your phone <laughs> in the USB slot, sit there at the machine as it pulls one out on you. Oh, oh god, <laughs> Dude, teenage boys would be like you know the perpetual motion machine. Oh god, birth rate would go through the roof <laughs> just no, no. for energy. I, actually, I think it would just. I think it would like no, 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 tank. no, no. We would start having more kids so we could utilize. Like the government would start making us have kids so we'd have that many teenagers. You'd have the Department so of Come. <laughs> so the, the the strategic uh, pubic reserve. Ew. <laughs> this is horrible. This why this is, is it terrible? China already kind of did that, didn't they? You know we're. The end of the show is always disgusting. Ghost Forge, what is your what is your damage, Ghost Forge? I need to know. <laughs> he likes to watch us suffer or listen to us suffer. Sam and Ghost Forge, man, they both just want to make this dirty as fuck. I what what happened to you two? Oh, children. Just just, so, just you know, we'll just have to do that lizard tits episode. To make yep, happy. That's look, I'm looking forward to that one. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, also, there was something I was going to say about an upcoming episode, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, we're going to do... Speaking of uh, Oregon and aliens and jerking it, I'm reading Communion <laughs> right now by Whitley Strieber. Uh, okay, like, to that? okay, jerking, no. no. Let's not t let's not phrase it well, that I mean, way, you because know, what happened to him was it. terrible. Well, yeah, no, but I've read the... I'm reading the book, and uh, holy shit, it's amazing. Yeah, the milking chapter? No, the book. <laughs> oh, okay. 
the whole book because, right. like, for once, it's has, written by an author. Has, has anyone ever written a uh, extraterrestrial bodice ripper? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. We, we could do an episode where we read one of those. You know, we might just. Uh, we'll have <laughs> to find one. I, I, I guarantee it's on Kindle. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's it for uh, this week. So, we'll be back next week with a Weekend Weird. So, and you say we have a guest. Mm-hmm. I'm Sh- excited. Sh- should I announce or should we hold off? I think we're going to hold off and just have that be a surprise. Hey. Even to me, because I hey. don't know. That's right. I haven't talked to you about it. We'll no. tell you about it after the show. I don't oh. know. You could, you could leave it as a surprise. It won't bother me none. I could be the audience surrogate. Yeah. <laughs> that works. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, again, you can find links to everything involving the show at supernatpod.rocks. Find us on Twitter at supernatpod. Find David at H-B-K-O-M-I-C, H-B-Comic, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And find links to all of his stuff. Uh, David, what you want to plug this week? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug Kids' Stuff, the Chucky podcast that I do with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Great wife. It, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, my no, we're, wife. We're uh, two episodes deep into the current season. We're going to be recording the third episode for the third episode of the Chucky show. And I saw the first two episodes and wow. Great. It's great stuff, man. Yeah. It's wild stuff. Uh, wait till you watch Weird that third wild one. Wild stuff they read. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll watch the third one as soon as Mike gets it for us. Mm-hmm. It's up already. Cool. All right. So, thanks again for listening. We will be back next week. So, until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. It's fucking orange. <laughs> Maybe it was a space condom. What if, it, what if it's just an orange? A space orange. They didn't mention a space potato.